Have you ever wondered why the flowers bloom in spring? Why the animals come back out after a long winter? Why water levels in our local ponds and rivers rise? This is Evergreen Learning Podcast. I'm Kennedy Gotham. All of those questions will be answered today. I'm here with Josh Angelini, an educator at the Cuyahoga Valley National Park Service. Today's episode is all about spring. We see so many changes in our environment, and I want to know why. Can you kind of explain why that happens? Why do we see more flowers blooming? Because, you know, they always say, oh, April showers bring May flowers. So why, why did that become a saying? And why do we see so much more greenery once the weather kind of starts to warm up after the long winters? That is a great question. I love springtime, I should say. Um, right now, we're, I know we're on an audio format, but if you could look around us, we're seeing all these shrubs start to get green again, and it's very exciting. Uh, park rangers usually love that uh but i personally do um what i think about is if you think about how our we change our clocks in the spring or in late winter the days start to get longer so there's more sunlight there's more warmth um we live in northeast ohio where our winters though they're getting a little bit warmer are still pretty cold and so springtime is when we kind of see that that idea of things coming coming back to life, even though they didn't die, they were dormant a lot of times. Um, so the longer days, the more sunlight, the rising temperatures are these clues for plants and animals to do their thing. <laughs> a lot of plants are on this annual cycle. Um, and there are big words and big concepts like phenology. It's all about when do certain things bloom after how much warmth has happened, how much warmth has built up in the soil, or for certain plants are in there. Even some plants have buds at the ends of their branches that can sense light. So as those days get warmer, things start to bloom again and leaf out again. And it's just super exciting for us. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And then you started to say that the animals start to come out too. And I was, that was my next question. I feel like in the spring, you kind of start to see baby birds nests. Like I know I always get one right on my roof by my house. We always see like baby deer in our backyard. And now actually today, I just saw all the bumblebees were coming back. Mm. So how does that, does that, is that kind of a similar thing that happens? It does, it's all related. If you think about, you know, there are different kinds of animals, but one of the things we teach students about is that there are animals that eat plants. So if the plants don't have leaves until a certain time of year, there's not much for those herbivores to eat, right? It's kind of like we don't have a salad unless our lettuce grows. <laughs> so at a certain time when there is enough available nutrients, enough available food, the animals have evolved to be around at that same time. So it's part of that same concept of, okay, once the days get longer, once there's more sunlight, leaves are like little solar panels soaking up that sunlight. They get bigger to soak up more sunlight and then there's more food for those things that eat those plants. So it's all kind of related. And so these animals have evolved to say, okay, in the springtime is when there's food, is when we can get enough food to reproduce and have our babies, whether they're the eggs in that nest outside your house or the tadpoles in the ponds start to, they start out as little eggs and then they, they hatch and they swim around and then become frogs later. So everything has these cycles, these life cycles that are tied to when there are nutrients and food available. Kind of going along with the tadpoles, I was gonna ask like the streams and the rivers and I, I feel like the water also starts to flow a little bit heavier in the spring. 
Is there any sort of like reason for that? Is it because a lot of the snow and the rain is causing the rivers to be a lot thicker? Yeah, you're exactly right. So um, we have to go back and think again about winter. And winter, especially in Northeast Ohio, where we have a pretty solid winter still, there are cold temperatures, there's ice, there's snow, less some years, more other years, but when that snow melts, like you said, it does, it swells some of the rivers. Um, and because there are lower temperatures, we have to get into how when water heats up, when sunlight hits water, there's evaporation. And so when it's cooler, there's less evaporation. So it means that less of that water is becoming water vapor, which means there's more water in those reservoirs. Um, and throughout the winter, there may have been precipitation. In the spring, we see a lot of rain, sometimes snow, sometimes a wintry mix, as they call it. Um, so the ground is already kind of soggy. It's already water, waterlogged, I think they call it. Sorry, couldn't think of that word. So with all of that water already in the water, already in the ground, the only place it has to go are the creeks. Um, a big concept that we talk about with students here is watersheds because all of the land drains down to some body of water. So here in Cuyahoga Valley, we talk about the Cuyahoga River. All that water eventually ends up in the Cuyahoga River, which goes into Lake Erie. If all of the creeks rise in the spring, which they often do, all of that water eventually makes it into Lake Erie, which also rises a bit. And the trend in recent years is that we get more precipitation. So it means a bit more water than maybe we've been used to in the past. I know hearing about the National Park and all of the plants and wildlife in there is super interesting, but I did want to take a quick little break to do an activity. As I was hiking through the Brexville Reservation one day, I heard a strange noise. See, when I first heard that, I thought it was a type of bird. But after speaking with Josh, he said that this was a type of frog called a spring peeper. And I just wanted to share this because I thought it was interesting. We can listen to them again. What would you recommend for like kids and families that are some good like fun spring activities to do outside? Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, one of my favorites that I do in my backyard or when I go on a hike in the spring is just looking for wildflowers. Kind of like we talked about um, with the days getting longer, things are popping up in the forest in what feels like just dead brown leaves, right? And then all of a sudden there's green. And then all of a sudden there's yellow and white and purple too because these flowers start to bloom. So wildflowers are a popular one. Uh, I should say, if you're going to visit the National Park to do this, we ask you to please leave the flowers in the ground. I know in other places people might want to make a bouquet, but we try to keep the wildlife wild and preserve those natural resources. So we can take photos and we can learn about them. We can even use some apps on our phones to learn what they are. Um, there are great citizen science apps out there where you can take a photo and it'll tell you what the thing is, which is just amazing. Um, so I love looking for wildflowers. Um, wildlife watching. Um, this time of year, there are a few bird species that nest in the park. Um, actually, there are lots, but there are some that are really, uh, we might say, charismatic. <laughs> so the bald eagles nesting in the valley for the last 16 years now has been really exciting for people. It's a good sign for our ecosystem, for the river. Um, and it's also just, it's like this emblem of our country, this bald eagle 
nesting here in the Cuyahoga Valley. Um, and then we have great blue herons just south of here that also nest in the valley. And it's, it's just a fun thing to see these big birds in these big nests. And sometimes before the leaves come out, like this time of year, you can just see them up there making their nests. You can see the young birds sticking their heads out of the nest. It's just, it's a fun thing for people. So those are some favorites in the spring, I think. Josh and I were also able to walk around the Cuyahoga Valley Environmental Education Center. We were able to observe some of the wildlife that they had there. Yeah, so we're standing here along a wetland that was made by humans, but we really just let it be here as an ecosystem for wildlife. So we're standing here watching turtles and birds and frogs and listening to the sounds they make. And so I'm seeing in a little tree here that's growing out of the water, I think that's a grackle, that kind of iridescent black bird over there. It's making a little chipping sound. And then we're hearing red-winged blackbirds making those calls in the distance. And we see turtles, but they keep swimming away. And that was a grackle flying away over there. And that had that kind of Exactly, that kind of blue iridescent head. But unless you catch it in the light, it just kind of looks black to me. And we got all these cattails, all fuzzy around the edges, and some shrubs that are finally growing leaves here in April. And then the occasional flowering tree that's just so pretty and white right now, with all those flowers. I feel like a lot of people who talk about conservation, who talk about the environment, they all always have the same idea that all of it is all connected in some way. Like from the grass to the birds, like all of it. It all plays a part in keeping everything alive. I like to think so. I think, um, I think the more scientists learn about, I mean, what they've learned about trees in recent years, about how they're connected underground, how the fungi are connected to the tree roots and how they interact. I think the more we learn, I mean, I don't think we know everything yet, but the more we learn, the more I'm just personally astounded and say, well, isn't that fascinating? Isn't that so cool? And then in spring, you just get to watch it all happen and get excited about it all over again. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To find out more about the podcast, follow us on Instagram at Evergreen Learning Podcast. On our Instagram page, we have links to our website and all of our other social medias. Thank you again for listening.